Hello, welcome to episode 202 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we're doing this late night. It's, well, late night by our standards. It's like 10 to 10. Um, pretty much morning time for me. Yeah, this is pretty much morning time for you. I will be going to my bed soon, but we're still going to do a podcast. Um, as we are still doing it by Zoom, um, are you drinking anything just because we are... Using I am. I am. I thought I would actually spice it up this week. I'm drinking The Ridge by Harveston Brewery. Very nice. Days off, so. so that that Scottish pride with the Euros and everything starting. You're trying. You're drinking the Scottish beers. Mm. Is that a? Is that got a, a monkey with a shotgun on the front of it, or a rat with a shotgun? <laughs> no, I'm assuming it's a mouse with a like a telescope, telescope? and oh, right, some okay. sort of, and a flag hanging off its tail. <laughs> like, I thought it was a monkey with a shotgun. I'm going possibly the best logo I've ever seen. If that was the case. Maybe that's whatever beer could be, the three beers beer. Well, be a monkey with a shotgun, <laughs> absolutely. Um, what is it, it like? Is it quite light, quite smooth, or is it...? Yeah, sorry, man, I'll give you a quick review of it. It's uh, nothing terribly dangerous. It's only 5%. It's uh, it's quite a smooth one. Uh, it's a pale ale, so, you know, it's nice and easy going down. It does have a bit more of an edge to it than my other favourite one, uh, Shalhalian. So, uh, yeah, I'd... It's not bad. First time drinking it, so it's not bad. And that's from Harveston, you said, yeah? Yes, Harveston Brewery. Uh, you can they? find them predominantly in most supermarkets. So, Where are they based? Do we know where they are? Uh, it just says brewed in Scotland. Uh, I'm trying to find an actual address, but uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. I've got an FK postcode, yeah. so it's near Creek, yeah. I think, possibly. Uh, yeah, Alva. Uh, Alva. It's strangely, it's done in a, it's brewed in a business park. So, it's Alva, Scotland, FK twelve. So, okay. if anyone knows where that postcode is, that's the thing. I got the Perth area, around about that area, roughly mm. up, up that yeah. way. Um, I'm on something different. Then. I'm on one. It's called um, Easy Now. Oh, nice, nice. From it's a company called Bad Co. Or Bad Company Brewery Distilling Company. Um, they are based in North Yorkshire, and they're they're not brewing in a business park. They're part of what I can see brew in like an uh, old airfield. That's where they've got their um, bases. So um, yeah, so yeah, it's much. It's only three point six percent, which is why I had it tonight because it's like it feels like it's not one. I always don't want to start anything too, not too yes. dangerous at this time of night. And um, so I've got to go to I've got to work in the morning. And um, but no, it's very nice. It's again very easy. It's well named. It's good down very easily. And they light. You could probably drink quite a few of them in a night and not feel too much in terms of an after effect on it, which is kind of what you want. Mm. Sometimes you know you want something nice and very summery. Um, I would yes. say I was quite happy drinking in the summer. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice. I got it one. I got it one of those um, like boxes. You know, oh, one of those beer fifty Yeah, got it one of them. So it's that's that's what I got from. So. One of those, again, we talked about before, the annoying thing with those boxes is you get a nice beer, you quite like it, and then try to find it again is an absolute pain in the ass. Mm. You know? Probably you're just better ordering it online. You know, From the company, like, yeah. Probably yeah. from the company, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, huh? I've got that. So, at least we're both from a lot. It's the first time in a while we've both had a drink while, while discussing our, our movies. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rare occurrence these it, days. Um, it could go downhill fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any movie news at all? 
I do not know. It's a it's like a quiet week unless you want to talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, which nobody wants to talk about. So no one does. Um, we could talk no. about Brewdog, what's having the Brewdog because we are a beer podcast as well. But I don't feel I want to weigh into that right now. I feel like it's something we'll let it see how it how it flies just now. Yeah, it's exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like to me, I'm still in the camp of it. Kind of sounds like a disgruntled ex-employee just getting a bit pissy. You know, pull up your socks. That's what I feel like. your socks and just move on. Yeah, it does sound a bit more like that. I mean, I'm sure there is some truth to it, but I think it's not black and white. There might be a few more shades of grey in there rather than what the black and white world that they're um, talking about. And ultimately, I still quite like Brewdog beer, and I will still continue to drink Brewdog beer until I find out something completely heinous about them. Um, At the end of the day, you've always got to watch because at the end of the day, this could tarnish this fella who's came out with this letter about what's been going on and all the rest of it. This could end up tarnishing his career to yeah. the point where nobody wants to fucking hire him. So it's a bit of a... You've always got to be careful. If you're going to be this maverick, you have to make sure you're squeaky clean and what you're reporting is 100% factual and yeah. can be backed up, you know? Agreed. Very much agree with that. Um, so no real movie news, no real beer news either um, that we want to weigh into. So I think we should discuss for the first time and for me, it's the first time in 285 days... Um, I went back to cinema this week, as did you. Um, we'll see if we that together. Um, but how did you feel going back to cinema? What was it like? Did you did you feel okay with it? Uh, in terms of COVID, yes. Hmm. Uh, it was all... Now, I've said before in the podcast, our local cinema, the Empire, it's not a perfectly busy one, apart yeah. from, like I've said before, uh, like, like big releases uh, and generally like Big releases at the weekends, that was yeah. generally when it will pop. Yeah. Outside of that, you'll get your drabs and drabs. Yeah. COVID related, not an issue at all. QR code as you go in. Yeah. Um, well, like track and trace up, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, all the staff wearing masks. Felt comfortable. Everyone round about me wearing masks. There wasn't any fucking hillbillies claiming that they've got fucking breathing problems or something. Yeah. So it was like yeah. all good. Uh, then it went downhill. Oh. Now, I'm a little bit like yourself. I like silence when I go to the cinema. Yeah. Uh, sadly, we had somebody in the group, in the audience with us, who wanted to fart, bark, make just general noises through one of the films that we're going to talk about in a wee bit called The Quiet Place. Yeah. A Quiet Place, sorry in the fucking title mate it's not yeah. exactly fucking a Rambo movie where it can get drowned out oh. so unfortunately this cunt decided just to like not wreck the movie but certainly make himself known his... yeah exactly uh, and then, I, I didn't and mean you moment because she was, she was saying oh I can't wait to get popcorn for like the cinema I'm going you're not getting popcorn I'm going oh. we're going to see a quiet place there's not a fucking chance in hell you're, you're having popcorn it'll piss people off if you're sitting there crunching popcorn mm. And she's like, well, and she's like, who's gonna get pissed off? Going, fucking me. I'm gonna get pissed off because you start munching popcorn next to me during the quiet place. So you're not having it. Well, we did, we did get popcorn, um, but usually we tend to tank it pretty much before the trailers are vented. So <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but we don't get like a large popcorn. We only get like a like a medium or something between right, okay. two adults. So uh, that was the next problem. The popcorn 
And it was only when we actually sat down in the room we discovered that the popcorn with this the kind of like buttery sauce on top was lukewarm yeah. and best. And I was it was like rubber, and I was like, you fucking dick. So <laughs> the trailers were on. Uh, and I was like, right, okay, it's a wee bit bright, but you know, like maybe the room will darken down like once Ooh. the movie starts. Uh-huh. No. And we tend to sit quite far back in the room. Right. What happened was, I don't think this is any fault, so I'm not going to bash the cinema too hard on this one. Somebody's forgotten to switch off the light in the projector room, oh, and it was it. lighting up like the back six rows of, this, of the cinema hall. So you were like, just constantly sitting there with this like light shining on oh, you, no. and it was kind of just like it was ruining the kind of like yeah. The, I don't know what the fuck it is, but it was ruining the ambiance, and you were ruining yeah. the projection. That would yeah. that would irritate the fuck out of me. I would have to go and say something. It irritated somebody so badly they actually moved from our kind of vicinity on the other side of the room to like further down the front, and I'm like, that's how bad it is if you're moving closer to the screen, yeah. that's how bad it is. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to bash them because th- it, it's a genuine, honest mistake. Yeah. I don't think, like, they, they've obviously not meant it or it's been, like, a newbie and they've forgot to switch the lights off as they've walked out after starting the trailers. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, am I going to be rushing back? Probably not. This movie was a special one. I, as we're going to talk about in a minute, this movie was dear. This first movie was dear to my heart because I fucking adored it. Uh, so I was choking to go back to the cinema to see it. So will I be returning? I don't know. I don't think I'll be returning soon. Unless it's like... With respect, you, you were never a guy who would be rushing back to the cinema on a, on a weekly or daily basis anyway. You know, you went, you went to the cinema. Okay. You enjoy the movie. You're not going to... You don't need to make it part of your everyday, every week. Whereas yeah, yeah. myself, I will go back two, three, four times a week. You know, even even on a, on a quiet week, um, I go mm. see a lot of stuff. So I think you not going back is not an indication of you feel uncomfortable in the cinema. It's just like you will really only go no, for no. the specific big films. You go for something you want to see. Yeah, if you anything important. Like it, and I think I'll try and pick a more obscure time. Like I said, the cinemas just recently opened up, so the the cinema times are quite kind of like. How can I say like peak times of when yeah. you know people are going to be there? Yeah. Just to try and like, I don't know if they've got their staff on like shorter hours. I don't know. Aye. I don't fucking know. Try but, and maximize what they can actually get the staff working and money out of that, basically. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because we went to the 10 to 7 showing, and there was like one more showing after that, and there was only like a couple of showings before it. So it was very much a condensed like Aye. time schedule. So Maybe in a few months down the line, if everything's still A-OK and they start opening up more time slots, we can see ourselves definitely going back, but picking more obscure times, you know? From what I've so, saw, yeah. um, the, when I go to my local, I go to Cineworld, their first week back, it was quite limited in terms of screening times. This week, mm. you know, so, so that, that, and I didn't go the first proper week, I went like, the second week, essentially. Um, mm. It feels more expansive what they've opened up to. I feel like there is more showings available than there was, like sort of the first few days. Seems that they did sort of just ease things in, and they've now opened up. And then films are out next week. They've, they've opened it up further. It feels like there's a lot more. It feels like they get they, they get more comfortable how the place runs, what they can do, how they can run it, how people get in and out. Maybe he's also looking at numbers because we've we've been in now twice. We haven't seen 
one film and there was like maybe what maybe 20 people in like a, in a 150 seat cinema um, mm. and then the one tonight which we'll talk about later it was a bit busier but still for a Friday night it wasn't busy at all but then again tonight is a lovely night mm. European Championship football's, football's on tonight European yeah. Championship start that would probably have an effect on it though and also I think I think generally if people people want to go out just now it is an effort to go out just now you've got to wear the mask you've got to do this you've got to do that you've got to do a lot of different things so if you're going to make that effort to go out I don't think you're going to go out for something you sort of averagely kind of think, eh, that'll be fun. You want to do something you'll really enjoy. And I think for a lot of people, the cinema is something they can they like, but they don't love it. They say they want to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to make that the one thing they do on a, on a night. They want to you know, do something they generally love. One thing, I don't know if uh, Cineworld is doing this then or not, but obviously, as you know, like COVID, they've got a whole bunch of like, rules. Yeah. But like obviously wearing a mask, trying staying away from each other, yada, yada, yada. Uh, including the cinema hall and that then the little empire had a little rule at the bottom that I feel should almost be fucking mandatory from now on and and that and this is purely because of COVID but I feel it should be mandatory was simply any rubbish you have you have to take it out of the cinema hall with you and dump it in the bin I don't know why that's not a rule in like just generally in life like why why is it yeah. a cinema you okay to dump your shit and leave and not take it with you like yeah exactly it makes no sense why is why is cinema not a rule? If you're like in a ref, even if I'm in McDonald's, I know I have to go McDonald's. I'll put my rubbish in the bin. I'll just leave it at the table. So why is it cinema? Uh, think I can eat this popcorn and then I'm gonna dump it. Like understand, popcorn might fall on the floor. We're all trying to cram it in our mouth as quickly as possible. That does happen, and some will land on the floor. Fair enough. They come in, they can sweep that up. They can do the whoever on that. But take your, take a, if you've got a bottle of juice or half a can of juice, like fucking take it with you. Leave it sitting. No, I'm I'm with you 100. Make it, it's just mm. politeness more than anything else to lift up your own crap. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, like yourself, it's like some cinema halls you go into, it's like you can see the staff hasn't had enough time to clean it from the previous like shown to like the new one. And it's like you're walking in and it's still a bit sticky and all that. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Not good, man. Not good. So. But I think we both agree. Felt safe going back. Didn't feel in any way like sort of you know, no, un- no. unsafe, felt very safe going back, um, and I'm hoping to go back even more. And um, like I said, I know I, I get you won't go back quite as much, but I think that's more just your general feelings towards cinema rather than your sort of distaste of the, the way it was. It's just like you, you're never really a master cinema. Well, you maybe going like once a month, maybe once a maybe once every two weeks rather than going you uh, know, five times a week like I, I do. Think, I think unfortunately, I think I think maybe the cinema because that. I don't know if they were open last week. I think this still might be technically their first week. I don't honestly know, but I think we've maybe just went at the wrong time. Yeah. And it's like we've been hit with like the tail end of the popcorn. That's why it's a bit cold. Like I said, like maybe one of the staff members forgetting to switch the light off. Like a lot of kind of just ironing out problems, you know. Maybe they've had a high demand for the popcorn or whatever, but yeah, yeah. Look warm yeah. popcorn tastes like rubber. <laughs> Anyway, well, we'll talk about the film we both went and seen. That was a film that was on, uh, that, both, that mm. dragged you out. And dra- it was the first film I was back in. So 285 days after I saw my last movie, the film, film I broke my, my, my drought with was A Quiet Place Part 2, directed by mm. John Krasinski, um, who directed A Quiet Place, obviously. Now, plot of this one, it literally falls on minutes after The Quiet Place ends. You got a little prologue of, like, sort of day one of the... the mm. I don't know what you call it, like sort of the infection or the the, 
the invasion, I think is probably the best way to put it, the invasion yeah. of like, yeah. you get day one of that, then it falls on pretty much from the moment you ended a quiet place, and it sees Emily Blunt and her two kids traveling across um, the, the farmland to find solace now that they've found a way to sort of semi-defeat the, the creatures um, as mm. they look for help because they've got a young baby, obviously. Um, and then there's a possibility there might be help somewhere else and they go on an adventure to try and find this place that could be sort of a, a safe haven for them. At the same time, yes. there's other stuff happening regarding some injuries that may have occurred during the, the battle. Um, mm. And the song, like I said, Emily Blunt, she plays the sort of protagonist, she plays the mother. Celine Murphy plays a friend who they would go to, um, who's an art farmer. Um, you get Millicent uh, Simmons, who's young, the, the daughter, she's the deaf daughter in it. And Noah Duke plays the, the young boy's son. Um, start yourself. Um, we're both big fans of the original. I think the original is pretty much a modern classic. It's one of the kind of best films I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Mm. A really a fantastic horror film. The horror film, I mean, honestly, the idea is ridiculous when you think about it. It doesn't make any sense because it, it just wouldn't, people couldn't survive with that. Be, people would be dead within minutes because you, you can't stay quiet. But the conceit of it, the way they play it, holds up really well. But once you start thinking about it yes. for more than two minutes, it doesn't make sense. But, but we both agree, absolutely phenomenal first film. Um, what do you think of this one? How, how did the sequel live up to your expectations? First and foremost, I did see the trailer before watching this one. Okay. And I'm happy to report that the trailer makes it look like a completely different movie. Yeah. And uh, the day that I was going to the pictures to see this one, I ended up watching the original. And I'm yep. so glad I did, as you pointed out, that the second one literally picks up minutes after the the way the first movie ends. Uh, so that was a nice a nice feeling. Uh, yep. I actually enjoyed this movie. Yep. I, I liked the fact that, like I said, it, it's, it touches on all the elements of the first movie that made it good. And unfortunately, the trailer makes it look like a completely different it makes him more just a bog standard generic like survival movie, and that's yeah. what I was dreading because yeah. the first one had a very unique take on the survival genre. Yeah. And I'm happy to report that the second one carries on. Uh, I thought everyone played it great. Um it was it was good to see like the the cab, the main girl in it. Uh oh, what's her name? Sorry. Uh, Millicent uh, Simmons. Yes, Millicent Simmons. I love the fact that she got a bit more bite of the apple and she, she was got, on the screen a lot more. She was pretty much probably on screen more than Emily Blunt. Sort of like, mm. like the main part, the main crux of the story is her, not Emily Blunt's story, mm. which, is quite, which I thought was quite surprising. Um, they did yeah, follow yeah. her um, a lot more. Because um, the young boy in it, well, he's got a bigger role in this one as well, but his role's not as big as hers. She feels she's got, she is a, to me, she's a main protagonist of yes. the story for the most part. Yes. Which I thought it was surprising. Yeah. Because of the way the first one ends, you kind of realise very quickly that within the second one that the movie is going to centre around her because of the way the first one ends and sure. the way yeah. they've realised how to defeat the monsters as such. Um, kind of found the boys like kind of like side story, side quest, a bit kind of just like, what are you doing, buddy? Just fucking sit still for five minutes like every time like the mum left him for five minutes he was like right this is it this is my moment to shine <laughs> and you're like stop trying to shine buddy you don't need to shine 
I thought that's because essentially the film is like whereas the first one is very much set in one place over one yes sort of one period and it's very much tied into that one farmhouse you know doesn't really do anything. Mm. This one you essentially got sort of three separate stories that are all kind of going on and that follows mm. one follows Emily Blunt and the mother one follows the young boy and one follows the the, the daughter as well. Now the they start off together, but they quickly kind of sort of separate into their own separate like sort of branches of the story. The the mm. daughter's story is the main point. That's the main crux of it. I felt whenever you had to cut, I always forgot about the other stories. Like I for, forgot about the Blunt story and forgot about the, the young boy story. And then when I went back to the, the Emily Blunt story, I was quite pleased. I like I love her own speech. She's an amazing actress. She's got such you know she's got such a screen presence, and her stuff mm. was really good. But anytime it cut back to just the boy story, that was my, I always felt like just move it on, get I want you back to the the, the young yeah, girl story. Yeah. Um also it felt like 100%. everything he'd done he was fucking wrong and they felt like going like oh you just <laughs> you deserve to die motherfucker like you like you, you're useless. You know so like, why, have you, been, why have you why have you been left in charge of an infant? <laughs> yeah you should you're not going to be in charge of um, uh, what I did find was a bit odd was the fact that the mum was able to go back into the town uh, from their new place of hiding and pick up and go into the pharmacy and there was still plenty of stuff there. You're like, no, I think that would be one. No, no, that makes sense to me because think about it, think what happens in the attack when it actually happens. It's so rapid ah. and it's so quick. People just abandon places. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And how how heartbreaking bit in the, it's in the first couple of minutes when you see John Krasinski is in, on day one going into, going into the pharmacy, he's just like going to a baseball game. And he walked uh, past the spaceship. Oh, I know, I know. Like, oh, that like, like I said, I'm so glad I watched the first one because like hours before I went and seen this one, because I felt like I just I picked up on more little nods like that, you know. Yeah. And I it was it's not a spoiler because like you said, it will, it's the movie starts with day one and it is it's just I loved how just quickly everything happened. It wasn't this like there's a random asteroid. Oh, what's that? What's that? It's literally just like everyone's like, yeah, this baseball game doesn't mean anything. Right? Yeah. On, let's, let's start trying to move and then boom, it all kicks off yeah. and you're just like, yes, you know? Strangely, in the pub when they all ran into it, um, for some reason, like John instinctively knew to tell everyone to keep quiet, which I found odd. I'm like, how would you know that? That is, I twigged on that as well. It's like, what did he know that made him think that? That's that. Uh, I, I kind of twigged on that as I'm going. This it's too early in the in the sort of it's literally it's literally minutes after it's happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I think it's one of the things like they're hiding behind something. They're hiding behind stuff. And these ideas like it might. Bypass if it doesn't hear us. Maybe that's what it's doing because it can't see mm. in properly. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Mm. But yeah, I, I picked up on that as well. I thought it, he seemed to know straight away that it was alerted by sound. Um, but yeah. it could be one of those things like if, if you're hiding from something, even if you're in like, hide and seek, you be quiet because you don't want to give your position away. So it could be that. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what I did, I thought, and I'm much I'm with you, I, I, I thought it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a cracking sequel. Mm. Um, maybe not quite on a par with the original just because of the more expansive story, maybe it made it less streamlined. But still, yes, such, that's, a good, such a good watch, though. I got definite vibes that this was like the middle part of a trilogy. I, I don't so. know about yours. I think so. See the way it ended? 
once again, like the first movie, the way it ended, yeah. it's like it's got the vibe of we can bring it back if we want to. If yeah. not, it, it it's happily left to the way it, it is. Quite a low key ending. It's not a big ending. Yeah. Quite a reserved low key. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, what I like, I um, thought Millicent Simmons. I thought she was fantastic. She was probably the star of the film. She was excellent. Um, mm. Some of the scares in it, some of them were quite cheap, some of you know jump scares, but I think it earned them enough that you felt good. Like the one in the train, I thought it was a really actually you knew something was going to happen. Well, I was going. What? Yeah. I was I was uh, going to touch on that. That was probably without spoiling the movies because like as the movie goes on, things do actually happen. But that set piece within the train scenario. Uh-huh. I found that to be probably one of the most entertaining and visually pleasing of the whole entire movie, especially when she was in the carriage and it pans out. I was like, Aye, this is impressive. Like, this Aye. has been well thought. Like, it's been thought about the way they want to portray yeah. this world. Yeah, and also, like, speaking on that, like, Krasinski's shown some real pleasure as a director. You know, he's, he has a very mm. sort of almost Spielbergian sort of style. Because I watched... Mm. I watched this and I'd real. There's bits when it looks like the bit when the the the, the, the creatures are hunting them in the bar. There's shots mm. ripped straight out of Jurassic Park for that. Like the bit when it's going by the glass and it's sniffing. That was straight yes. off Jurassic Park. But more than that, see about the train carriage and also the bit when they first meet Cillian Murphy and he's sort of like where he's mm. hiding. Mm. Very sort of this this low key apocalyptic sort of at human level. Had a very. I watched it last night just because it reminded me so much of it. Spielberg's War of the Worlds. It felt very much in that vein of sort of just the apocalypse at like a really sort of mundane level, which I thought again mm. fantastic. And it looked amazing. Most of most of them looked absolutely fantastic. And I think this is what sells this movie as well, is because it's set within a small town America. Yeah. It's not like. It's only Manhattan, like we've yeah. seen a million times over. It's none of that horse shit or fucking um, uh, Washington. Yeah. You know, it's an always done a fun favorite, but it's like this is just some random town in back end America, and this is happening, you know? So it definitely it just draws you right into it and makes you kind of care about them a lot more. Aye. You know? I think that's what I thought, very Spielbergian in that respect. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it's a really it's a well done film. It wasn't quite as tense and as scary as the first one, maybe because the first one, the conceit and the idea was so kind of original. Maybe that's what got me as much as it, I was surprised by it. Whereas this one, I, I went in mm. with expectations. And maybe that's really why it didn't get me quite as much. But it was genuinely, like, the bit in the train was genuinely quite um, mm. intense. The bit with yes. the, the bit when um, Emily Blunt's um, facing off against one of them, that is, that is also yes. exceptionally tense. Very Jaws moment at that point as well. You know, so yeah, yeah. There were definitely moments where I thought this this did work for me, but um, and worked mostly, but maybe not quite on a par of the original. But I think it's actually purely because the original kind of came out of nowhere. This one felt mm. we had we had expectations for it. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, this was actually released. At least, sorry, this was actually advertised in the UK literally the week before everything went into yeah, the yeah. lockdown. So, as you know, like the studio was already hyping this movie up. And then unfortunately it got locked down and it sat on the shelf. So we've we've had over a year to be hyped about this movie. So, you know, whatever your thoughts, your feelings are, a year and a bit down the line, you're not gonna have the same hype going into it. That's the unfortunate thing. But I'm glad that this was seen, this came out on the big screen. I'm glad they didn't just put it out on the VODs. 
It so. feels like a film you have to watch with an audience, even an audience who are going to fart and buff away through it. It feels, it feels like an audience participation film. It feels like an, a film you want to see with people. Yes. Albeit apart from the fartman burping man, outside of him, everyone else was very respectful and like enjoyed, like was quiet and, and enjoyed it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I dug it. I dug it. I would give it a very solid eight out of ten. Hope yourself. Nice joining you on that one. Eight out of ten for me as well. Lovely. Um, on from that, we do one that's on Netflix. You've not seen it. Um, um, I'm not surprised because I don't think it was your jam. But I watched this one. It's called Shirley, directed by Josephine mm. Decker, who uh, done a film called Madeline's Madeline. And um, for this one, it is all about Shirley Jackson, who is like a horror writer. She wrote The Haunting of Hill House, and it's basically kind of a biopic of her life as she sort of essentially has a almost affair with a young lady who's coming to stay with them and look after them and, and sort of is a live-in housekeeper. And it's basically her and her husband and their sort of their problematic relationship and how it impacts on this young couple as well. Um, nice. And the film, you've got Elizabeth Moss, who, who we all adore, uh, Odessa Young, Michael Stolberg, Logan Lerman, and Robert Wool. Um, I'll be quick on this because obviously you've not seen it, so there's not really much to discuss. Um, it's, it's very twisted. It's very dark. It, it's blackly comedy, you know, comedic. Um, it's not an entirely accurate biopic, um, which obviously which sometimes leads me in the wrong way. Um, but it is centered on a really great performance. Elizabeth Moss is fantastic in it. She's an amazing actress and she embodies the, the Shirley Jackson role like, amazingly well. Um, it is linear, but it's strange and it's sort of it's very much like a poem in some ways. It sort of feels very much like a, you know, it's not always trying, it doesn't show you what I always want to see, it makes you try and feel it a lot of the time. Um, which for the most part does work, but sometimes it, it feels a bit flat and I think it will put off a lot of people. Like, for example, I don't think you would dig it. I think you would be bored of it very quickly. Um, I think Colin would be mm. bored of it very quickly as well. Um, mm. It feels like it's a film made for people who really sort of adore cinema and adore right. you know, the medium of film, which even I have my limitations. You know, this, this, this was enjoyable, but I don't know if I loved it. Um, it's engaging. It's, it's enjoyable to watch for the most part, but I'm unlikely to ever watch this thing again. Like I, just, I cannot ever see myself deciding to watch this at any point again in the future. You still there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. But so um, I think we just frozen up. But we can keep talking. Um, so yeah, so it's one of those films that you go. I'm glad I watched it, but I just don't see myself wanting to watch it again, and again, and again. It's one of it's very much a one-time watch. Ah, okay, yeah. 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 Well, uh, to be honest, I haven't seen it on the main pages of Netflix, so I feel like it's already started to slip off like any sort of like main page. Uh, so it, I feel it's going to disappear into the Netflix vault rather quickly. You know, I think it was. I don't even think it wasn't. It wasn't a Netflix original. I think it was out normal anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's one of those. It's a well done film. You can see what, what, what they're trying to do with it. And you can enjoy it for a little part. And I, I did really like it at bits of it, but it, it will leave these people feeling really cold. Um, because it just it will maybe rub them the wrong way. But it, it's for those who are willing to commit to it and willing to sort of engage with it, it is a it's a very enjoyable and well-made movie. It just might mm. test the patience of a lot of people. That, that that's the only kind of real issue with it. Um yeah, yeah. you know, so take it at, at your leisure. I mean, if you're willing to it's what it almost would be better in the cinema because in the cinema you're sort of forced to engage with it. I think if you're sitting at home, a lot of people they will sort of just naturally go in the sort of slow bits. will go to the phone, will you know start looking around. Will not will not pay, will pause it and walk away from it and stuff like that. So 
it almost needs a cinematic release, so your attention's purely on it, and I think that might be one of its um, maybe unfortunate downfalls that most people will see it um, mm. on Netflix rather than seeing it in a cinema. Alright, cool. Out of 10 for you, you giving it? I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, because there was a lot of stuff I really liked, mainly for Elizabeth Moss's performance, I thought the performance was fantastic. Nice, nice. Yeah. Good for that one. Mm. Um, and from that, we'll go on to our last film of the night. Well, not quite, we might have another one, we'll see. Um, our last film that we saw is a film called Nobody, also out of cinema, directed by Ilya Nashor, um, who directed a really, really Average, like, could have been great, but really average film called Hardcore Henry. Um, that really mm. should have been oh, yeah. It wasn't as good as it truly could have been. Um, yes. This one, essentially, a, a guy living at home with his family, seems like kind of basically a nobody. Um, mm. His house gets broken into one night. He doesn't stop it. He could stop it and doesn't. And basically starts feeling really bad about this fact that he couldn't protect his family. And from that... But there was, but, but there was reasons behind him not stopping it. There was some reasons behind it, yeah. Um, so he then sort of goes on a revenge mission to try and get back his lost property. And from that, the story spiraled into something else as more about the man is revealed. How much of a nobody is he really? Um, so in the film, you've got Bob Odenkirk from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He plays a nobody. Connie Nielsen plays his wife. Christopher Lloyd, which I was delighted to see Christopher Lloyd in a film, plays his dad. Michael Ironside pops up in it as well um, as his father-in-law and the R- Raza pops up in as well as his brother. Um, I've talked a lot of the last couple of minutes. What did you think of this one? This movie was good. I like this movie. This okay. movie came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I feel we're going to maybe have a splat opinion on this movie. Uh, you could like you could compare it to John Wick. Yep. Ever so slightly. Yep. Uh, it's just a dumb action movie and it's perfect for coming out of a COVID world yep. back into like cinemas and stuff where you don't need to think too hard about this movie. He's literally... People have robbed his house. He's done nothing. His son's embarrassed by it. Almost shamed to be old his son and he's thought, fuck it, I'm going to show my son that I am the Mac Daddy. That's the right. pl- that's the new plot within the plot. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it absolutely is, it is fun. It is enjoyable. It's yeah. a total B movie. It's a perfect Friday mm. night movie. Mm. I enjoyed it immensely for watching it. Though I had no issue with watching it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Mm. I would say the, it shows you how good something like John Wick is. That the action yes. in this, as good as it was, felt a little stilted compared to mm. John Wick. Now, that's because Keanu is, you know, this amazing martial artist and he can do a lot of that stuff that makes it look more fluid. Mm. This did feel a yes. little bit. It wasn't as bad as what the time we watched all night there. We watched um oh the someone honest thief, you know, yes. one of twenty-five cuts to make Liam Neeson jump a fence, you know, because he can't do it. <laughs> this didn't have that, but Odenkirk obviously hasn't quite got the the physical no. prowess of Keanu. No, and like you've said, it's there was a couple of scenes, especially the bus scene, where it did feel like you were in bullet time, but you weren't in bullet time. Aye. Uh, some of those punches were so slow motion, literally you could have drove the bus to the next stop and let some <laughs> more folk on just to help it out a bit. But I totally agree with you on that. Um, but just I liked it, and like you said, 
seeing seeing Big Doc turning up was an oh. absolute delight because I didn't see the cast list before right. sitting down to watch it. Oh, what a delight to see him turning up in a movie is fantastic. Well, he, I, I don't know what he turns up quite early on as he's as his mm. dad, and I'm thinking, oh, that's nice he got him to play dad, but he must have something else that a role that he plays later on. And not spoiling mm. it, but he does play a role <laughs> later on, and it's delightful to watch to watch um, Crystal <laughs> Boy, you know. Um, yes. Doc Brown just do what he does, and it is it's a lot of fun to see that. Um, yeah. The only issue I have with this, this is, this is my biggest issue with this film. Not the action's fun, the, the whole storyline is fun, everything works for the most part. It, it's a very, like I said, it doesn't, it won't linger in my memory, but it, I had fun while watching it. it. It's definitely better than, say, something like Honest Thief or you know, all the yes. sequels and things like that. My only real issue with it is they rob his house, right? He gets mm. revenge on the people who rob his house. Mm. Everything else after that, he kind of brings it on himself. Like, he's sort of... Yes. Not like John Wick, everything is brought upon him and he has to sort of fight his way out. Even in Taken, he's got a decision. He has to try and get revenge to try and get his daughter back and stuff like that. This one, he sort of brings it all on. I'm going to go, it feels more like you're just looking for a fight, which he kind of is. He actually said that he's looking mm. for a fight. And um, so it's mm. almost like it's less John Wick and more like the, if the Punisher saw the family, it would be like that. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Oh. It's more that it's more vigilante, which I, you're okay. He's he's going after like the Russian mob, so you can like, oh, I'm okay. The Russian mob, you can tell they don't really have any sort of love towards the Russian mob. But you almost there is a point you go, you had no need to start that fight on that bus, you know. You had and that's where it all stems from, you know. Yes. And a few opportunities, you know, he could have walked away. He just doesn't. I'm like, going, you could have got away. You could have left this, and you decided you wanted to keep going and keep going and keep going. So, in a way, I feel it. it I don't dislike it for that, but I feel like it, it makes it a kind of weird narrative structure to come from the fact that he's the cause mm. of most of his problems in this, as opposed to being they just happen to him and he's trying to get you out. He, he sort of brings them on himself. He's the cause and the solution all in one move. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah, very much so. He's, it has got that almost... Mm. You, you ever seen that Rambo film, the most, the most recent Rambo movie? Yes. When at that kind of feel going like, Rambo didn't have to do half the stuff he did. He just sort of he wanted it to happen. Like he sort of yeah. he likes to kill people. If he was like you know, <laughs> that being said, seeing Bob Odenkirk is a lot of fun. He seeing a guy like who looks like him. He's not. He doesn't look like an action hero. He looks like a normal guy. That uh, that that little montage at the at the start of the movie with him just going through his week. Oh my god, it's so mundane that even I was bored watching it. <laughs> I was like, oh, mate, I feel bad for you. That That's your life. <laughs> yeah. And again, one issue I have, it only does it a little bit, but it does sequel bait at the end, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. I wish it didn't, but like we've discussed many a time, it seems like every movie now is always leaving that door open to return. I'd quite like a sequel, at least one more sequel. I would as well. I would make a sequel, but the point is you could have that scene not in it and still put a sequel in. It means they're trying too hard for a sequel. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, but you text me after you saw this, claiming this might be your film of the year so far. Are you yes. still sticking to that with, with your with your with your rating? Yes. What are you giving out of ten? Nine out of ten. Jesus, sir. If you loved it, you loved it. That's all I can say. You like this more, like the <laughs> Quiet Place. 
Because I kind of had the expectations of what the quiet place was going to be that's when fair. I walked in. That's fair. This, this movie hit the same notes as when I when I first seen the original, like yeah, John Wicks, or t- or the first Taken as well. It had the same punch. I'm with you, dude. Because when I first, I had no idea what John Wick was. I meant to see all you, Keanu Reeves doing some martial arts and some gunplay, and I thought, right, this, it's, I love Keanu. This, this will be good. You were going, that was fucking phenomenal. I didn't quite think mm-hmm. this was fucking phenomenal, but I did enjoy it a lot. Um, I would mm. give it a very solid six and a half out of ten. Ooh. Like, Ooh. There's a lot to love there. There's yeah. some stuff that just, you know what the problem is? Because you've got, because of what's around that you can compare it to, it's not as good as any of, it, of its competitors. Yes. You get what I'm saying? But still, yeah. still battling other sort of versions of it. Like, it's better than 90% of the other, it's better than all the other taken sequels. Mm. It's better than all 100%. the other things that are out. So, better than all those kind of films, but it's just, it's not quite up there with the John Wicks and the, the Taken one and stuff mm. like that. So, so it's still. Well, if, if, they get a, if, they get, if they get a move on and release John Wick 4 this year, then it might get beaten out of my top 10. But right now, it's definitely in a top 10 position. I think John Wick's next year, so John Wick 4's next year. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. You've got Matrix. You've got your Matrix film to come next year, big Matrix. Um, but that is us for this week. Next week we have on. Sorry, what we lost there. Next week we have um, Anthony Hopkins in an Oscar-winning performance in The Father, which I've not obviously looked at really. You know, I think traumatic maybe the way they put it. It looks like a very interesting film. Mm. Um, it does actually have, look quite good to be honest. Yeah, it looks excellent. Um, we've also got um, Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson returning in a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard to, with, this is The Hitman's Bodyguard's wife, the wife in question being Salma Hayek um, and who doesn't love to see Salma Hayek and all her glorious assets on screen um, and the third film will be one that's been on Amazon for a couple of weeks now but we've not got around to watching it and it's called Without Remorse which is an adaptation of a Tom Clancy Character which Barry might have seen, and we'll discuss at more length next week. Mm. Everyone, we'll find us, Barry. All the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. That's us for this week. I've been Richard. You've been Barry. You've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.